welcome back for the Dream Lab series where we go behind the mindset of high achievers. Today's guest, I'm excited to have at Nessie Rodriguez, who's going to walk us through really how to empower not only our financial journey, but the mindset required behind that. I'm joined with her today. Audrey is not going to be able to join us today, but I'm still excited to have this one-on-one conversation with you because I think that some of the things that you have shared with us could be very helpful for our audience. So welcome. Thank you so much. I really am happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you do, because I know you're a certified coach Mm -hmm. and you do work a lot also around financial independence, Mm -hmm. but just give us um, a highlight about who you are, um, where you're from and what our audience should know about you. Absolutely. So my name is Atnesi Rodriguez. Like you mentioned, I have a business called Executive Leadership um, and it's leadership, right? Um, I do focus on working with women, uh, essentially being able to help them to elevate, get to the next level, turn their pain into passion and purpose, and of course, into profit ultimately. Um, uh, one of the portions that I do provide is uh, credit restoration, insurance, taxes, so financial literacy in a whole. Um, but I used to work with victims of domestic violence and that's really where it started. And to me, it's like, I know how to take a woman out of a toxic situation, out of complex situation. And now like I turn these women into powerhouses, they're doing big things, right? They're, you know, developing their businesses, uh, doing what they're really passionate about, becoming debt free. Um, so it's just been such a great journey being able to help these women. It's really not only empowering for them, but it's rewarding for me. Um, not only of course, being able to be independent and do my business, but also provide that aspect for them. Right. And as I I heard you say, is that you first got started, um, in helping women in domestic violence. And I think a lot of the times we, don't understand the full spectrum of what it means to be in an abusive relationship. Some of it is financial, some of it is physical, some of it is emotional. So how did you get started in that? And what are some of the things that you have been able to do for women when they're in those situations? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I'm an advocate forever and I'm someone who not only has work experience, but also lived experience. And there were times where I would, I started off as uh, an advocate, but I was still living through my domestic violence situation. And it was, I mean, it was such an abusive um, situation where when I would speak with my client, I would finish her sentences. Like she'd be telling me part of the story and I'm finishing her sentences. And then we'd build this connection because she's like, oh my God, how do you know? And of course it's because I lived it, right? It wasn't just the book smarts or um, being able to, because I've worked with a lot of women in the past, but also because I knew like, this is the next step. And these types of behaviors, when it comes to abusive behaviors, they, they have like this trend, right? It starts with, it starts off with gaslighting. Then it starts with, you know, alienating you from friends or family. Um, it's not something that happens from one day to the other. It kind of just um, begins to build. And so when I was working with these women, I also noticed that 99% of the women that were, that were in toxic relationships were also being financially abused whether they were depending on on the spouse for um, all of the finances to be, um, you know, taken care of by them, like they wouldn't even get per se an allowance. 
that was the type of language that they used. Like I get an allowance or um, they couldn't leave because of course they can't, they can't take care of their family unless they have a job. They couldn't get an apartment because they couldn't have, they didn't have a job or they weren't allowed to. And so I started to look for different resources. And of course, when you're working with, you know, corporate America, um, it's not as easy, right? Like you're restricted to what the agency wants you to do. And so I said, you know, there has to be a better way that we have to do something more. Um, and I decided to leave corporate America. I was tired of the systems. I didn't want somebody with their thumb on me. Um, and I began to build a, a business out of it, began to, you know, to start teaching financial literacy. Um, and I started off with, with doing the insurance uh, portion. I ended up getting licensed and all that. And I learned a lot actually for myself. I was like, oh my God, I'm able to save money. I'm able to insure my family because uh, I were I was never taught about financial literacy, right? And or, or being able to um, right. take care of my family in the future. This is not taught in school. And these uh, concepts were so useful that I started bringing that to the families then they were doing the same thing for themselves, uh, being able to save and invest for the future. Most people don't think about that. They, I mean, they're stuck in, in a job, right? And they're working the nine to five, they could barely save. And if they are saving, I mean, we think about it, banks are not providing uh, a good rate um, for them right. to get a return on, on investment. So investing with me, uh, learning those concepts was very useful as well. Some of the women that I've worked with are now being able to take their children through college uh, because of that investment. And so um, that's kind of how it elaborated. And then when I when I was working with them, not only in the financial piece, I also noticed like, I'm very passionate about doing this. So I'd really love to do that. And I'm like, well, why don't you go for it? And I, be I became such a cheerleader. And to me, like I thrive in spaces where other women are winning, right? And to me, it's like, yes, like I don't even have to know you. And I'm like, super proud of you. Um, and you, you've never gotten like that feedback from other people, sometimes even more than like your family or the people that your friends, right? Like that you're surrounded with, right. like they cheer you on so much more. And I feel that for other people. I thrive when I see other women winning and I feel like truly um, inspired, right? So when my clients would say, you know, I'd really love to do this now that they have the money right now that they're out of the toxic relationship and now they have some money in their pocket, they're saying, well, I, you know, I, can I start a business? Of course. So I started running through how to form a business and how to market their business and how to brand themselves. And a lot of it derived from Nessie, how do you do it? And I just taught them what I know and, and I developed the business out of it. And it's just been really fun doing it. Yeah. So it's been an evolution and a mirror of what you've been right. able to do for yourself. And I, I totally feel you on that. Like I am like the biggest cheerleader for people who are doing yeah. things. I'm like, yeah, you could do it. Like I can meet somebody and they're like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to write a book. I'm like, write the book. You know, right. It'll be a bestseller. <laughs> like in my brain, it's That's like right. already somewhere else. It's done. You know, so a lot of our audience sometimes like they have either taken the leap or they're thinking about taking the leap. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, in some cases they've made a lot of money in their careers, like they're nine to fives. They've kind of checked all the boxes and they're feeling like there's something else, but to your point, we don't always talk about the financial freedoms that we can provide for ourselves, right. Independently of our career and our business, right. right. Like just becoming very aware. So I'm curious to see on how, what's the process you can walk our audience to when it comes to, you know, 
creating the mindset, right? Just becoming aware Mm -hmm. and open to the possibility that there is this space where you get to do this. And what does that look like? Right. Right. So if I come to you and I'm like, well, I've checked all the boxes, maybe I want to open a business. Maybe I don't, but I know I want to be financially independent. Mm -hmm. What is, what would you walk someone Absolutely. And that's a great question. Um, And oftentimes that is the question that I'm getting is, well, what can I do next or how do I start off? Um, And as a mom, you might hear my baby in the background. So I I work with a lot of moms, actually. I I wanted to highlight that because, um, you know, it's important to understand that we're doing this for families, right? That we're changing not only for yourself, but for the next generation. And so one of the things that I really encourage women to to start building on is um, being able to get out of debt. Right. And debt can look very many different ways. Every single person that I work with has an entirely different situation. Right. Um, because there's student loans or there may be credit card debt or they have auto loans or they own homes. Right. Or we just don't know the extent or the history. Um, some of the women, because they were in toxic situations, have taken on the debt of their spouse after divorce. So um, those things, um, you know, are something that they need to take care of. One of the things that I definitely start off is, look, let's try to see what we can fight off in your credit, right? Initially, they have a goal, whether their next step is to build their business, develop it, um, or buy the next house or go on vacation. You have to focus on that, right? They have to have something that they really like, I need to get this done because this is going to happen. So developing that first goal, then going into your credit, disputing what you have right now, credit restoration is not an overnight thing, right? A lot of women think, well, you know, can I get this taken off? No, it doesn't happen that way. There are definitely um, different letters that we have to send out. Um, And after month after month, when credit reporters don't reply or don't respond the way you'd like to, you have to be a little bit more aggressive. So that's kind of like the beginning stages. In the meantime, we're also helping you develop a strategy so that you could begin to pay off debt. And it's similar to Dave Ramsey's um, baby steps. I'm not sure if you've heard of his baby steps, but we kind of go through those steps um, so that you could begin getting rid of debt, right? While you're disputing things on your credit report, we're also getting rid of some debt because the way that we dispute things on credit reports are if it's inaccurate, if it's erroneous, or if it's obsolete, right? Now, if it's verified and if it's yours, you have to pay it, right? It's, uh, eventually, it, it, we can't get rid of it, right? And there are things like taxes and student loans that we can't get rid of. Um, and you may be able to dispute some of those things if they're inaccurate, absolute, or erroneous. Um, but some things can be verified, right? So in the meantime, we're, those things that are verified, we're trying to uh, pay down, right? Um, we also look for different strategies on like maybe the interest rates are a little bit too high on your credit cards. Let's see where we can pay off first so that the interest rates are um, are not as revolving. And then it doesn't look as like you have more um, debt, if that makes sense. Right. And, and so go ahead. And I'm thinking as you're saying all of this, I think that one thing that comes to mind, like you said, like it's that initial step, right? Like making that decision of, I know that I have to change something. I don't know what, but I'm very clear on this goal. Right. And I think when, when I, I'm trying to think back now, like when you open a business or you start to take a shift or pivot into something new, you're thinking about all the things you need to do for that one business. And then often this part is left out. Like, how do I become more financially aware 
and independent so that I can feel comfortable with all the shifts that are coming in when you're starting a business, right? Or that I can be prepared to make that next decision if I need to scale and I need to take a small business loan or I'm an entrepreneur and I want to buy a home. Mm -hmm. You know, the banks look at you differently when you don't have a W-2, right? Right, Um, right. And so how do you create this as part of your plan, you know? So what would you say to someone who is in this point of their life where they're going to, they're going to pivot, right? We already know that they're going to pivot. Um, What's the first step that they should do in becoming aware of this process if they haven't started it? Well, definitely being able to write everything down. One of the, one of the things that they, that a lot of um, people don't realize is that putting it on paper makes all the difference. Like once you see how much debt, it's like an eye opener. I mean, a lot of like, oh yeah, I have a couple of credit cards. Okay, well, how many? Cause a couple could be like two or five, right? Like depending on how, how you view it. Um, and when you start to put those numbers into perspective, it's like a smack to the face. And a lot of them don't realize yeah. like the debt is racking and it can rack on a daily basis if you don't take care of it or on a monthly basis. Right. Right. So being able to write those things down so you could actually have a perspective when you see that number, you're going to be able to identify. All right. I, I definitely have work to do because if I don't take care of this number, I can't get business loans. I can't get business. My credit has to be up to par in order for me to run that business as well unless you're doing it from your bootstraps. Right. (laughs) And as a coach, like what I think about too, is that like, what do you, how do you walk your clients through that process of once they see it, like it's jarring, like you said, right. Or it can be, Mm -hmm. um, how do you, I think a lot of the reasons, do you come across it? People might not want to start that because it comes with shame. Oh yes. All the time, all the time. But that's what a coach does, right? Like I'm supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. And I want to make you feel uncomfortable because it, it's going to require change and it's going to give you perspective. And unless I don't make you realize that, like, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to hold you accountable. I'm here to help you through the process. I'm going to here to help you provide these strategies. And for the most part, a lot of them already know what to do. It's just, they get in within themselves, right? They self-sabotage yeah. and they start overthinking. And it's like, yeah. you get someone that's out of the box to really help you get some clarity and get confident so that you could get to that next level. Yeah. And I think when, when I think about the shame, I mean, to your point, you, you work with women doing this. So I would think that once they know, like, listen, there's, there's a solution here, Mm -hmm. right? Like you don't have to carry this. You don't have to live with this. Like there's an actual solution here. I think that that's, there's power in that. Right. Absolutely. Did you, um, did you grow up like ever at what point in your life did you start to notice that this was something important? Cause I think as Latinas and first gen, like our parents potentially could have been like in survival mode most of the time. So they weren't thinking time. about life insurance or those types mm-hmm. of things. Um, what was your upbringing? And I guess your opening into, wow, like I should, this is a, an incredible tool and now financial literacy is almost part of you. Like when, how did that happen? Yeah. And how did that That's get started? Great, that is a great question. And it's funny because as a child and mind you, we lived in like this very poor um, area in our, in Puerto Rico, we're Puerto Rican, right from the islands. And uh, my grandma would always say, um, Mantén buen crédito. 
And when she would say that, it's like, okay, when you have good credit, right? Like you'll be able to go get a washing machine. That was like her logic, right? Because she didn't earn a lot of money. I want to say that the most she's ever learned was earned was like 60 cents, right? To the dot, to like per hour. And that was in her time that she was working. And um, when I got to the United States and experienced the violence um, and the fact that I couldn't get out, that's where I said, I have to do something, right? I can't continue to live like this. I was just tired of being tired and tired of not be living paycheck to paycheck, not being able to do the things that I wanted, not being able to provide my three kids at the time, um, the things that they needed. Uh, I'd had to struggle, you know, with if I buy one kid, you know, a toy, I have to buy all three kids because then it wouldn't be unfair, that it would be unfair. So then they wouldn't get a toy because then you know, none of them would, um, or, you know, dealing with hand-me-downs. And it was just like, am I going to really live like this for the rest of my life? And I know that women feel the exact same way. And they're just tired of being tired. Um, and that has to come from them, right? I can't want this for you more than you want it for yourself. And, but for me, it was, it was the, the abuse that really triggered it. But once I got to taste the fact that I can do this, that I can save, that I can invest um, and seeing the difference, right? Seeing my investment grow or seeing the fact that God forbid something were to happen to me, my kids are all set because they're insured. Like I make sure that my life insurance is paid before my cell phone insurance. Like that's, that's non-negotiable for Ooh, me. You just said that your life yeah. insurance before your cell phone insurance. Like it's true. Everyone yeah. has like the insurance of their phones now and that's right. their priority because like if I lose it it's the end and you're like so that that's such a to me like I think the a perspective that is really simple that everyone could relate to but you know I think sometimes we don't really it's not that we don't prioritize it's that it right. hasn't been made aware to us and in exactly. this conversation we're making it aware to you right like so if you're yeah. listening to this and you want to understand what it means to be financially independent it doesn't mean that you have to rely on a job or a business but it does mean you have to take personal responsibility of the decisions and the questions yes. no matter how yeah. hard they are that you're going to have to you know look in the mirror and be like okay yeah i pay you know two, $300 and like cell phone stuff. Mm -hmm. What am I paying for myself? Yeah. Right. For my family, for the, for the, um, almost like the future, the future. Right. But also like this sense of, of, I would imagine like the sense of calmness. I like, you know what? They're good. I'm yeah. good. It's right? security, right? It's yeah. Security. That's secure. There you go. Security. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people think that, Oh, I'm, I'm secure at my job. Right. Or, but tomorrow, what if this yeah, you never know. to shut down, right. Or there could be a massive layoff and nobody told you, like, you just never know. And God, COVID, I mean, we never COVID. went through, we <laughs> exactly. never went through, I think COVID was very interesting because we never went through something like that. And so mm -hmm. I think we were as a society, we're in denial for a little bit because it hit hard, right? It was like, everything's closed yeah. and you're like, everything? everything yeah. right sure. and you're like okay how, how what does this mean to me right and so some people got to keep their jobs but other people like if your place of business was closed there is no job there is nowhere right. to go there are no hours like for that immediate time so I think like all of that becomes things that we have to really now look at as like oh which for me what I like to think about it 
because we always like to talk here about growth, right? Like how yeah. are we growing and how are we expanding our mindset and our vision? And I think to your point, like people are like, oh, I'm secure because I have a job or my business mm-hmm. is doing well or this, but that's still relying on something outside of you to yeah. give you that independence. And I like how you're sharing about it, which is like, I'm going to take personal responsibility. I'm going to go through everything, no matter how hard it is. And I'm going to decide to put my money into spaces and places that give me that security, regardless of what's going on out here. Because we always have to look at what the return on investment is. Yeah. I think in part also is the stigma, the conversations that we've had as kids um, around insurance, right? Because in Hispanic communities, we, you mm-hmm. know, mental health is like one thing and then insurance is another, like, I'm not going to pay for that. Like, we don't even want to pay for our own car insurance. Right. Yeah. Um, but when you talk about life insurance, it's like, why? Like, no, I'm not going to, it's to them, it's a bill and we have to shift that conversation. And it's not a bill. It's an investment of your family. Right. It's for their future. Right. The same way you want to make sure that your phone is covered. It's the same way that you want to make sure that your house is covered because when people pass away, right, this is one thing that I, that really enlightens. Um, When people pass away, you're not just losing a partner, you're not losing a parent or a child, or because children die too, you know, tough conversations. But when that person also has an income, Mm -hmm. you're also losing an income. Therefore, if there's a $4,000, a $2,000 mortgage, and your partner was paying half, are you going to be able to continue to afford this mortgage? Right. And or the people, lifestyle. The lifestyle. Exactly. So most people lose their homes. It's not just your partner. So where are you going to put your children now? You know what I mean? So even if you're losing your partner, don't cry twice. Don't cry for the partner and the house. Right. No. It, it, and it's just a trickle effect. And I just want to share that awareness because it's important for families to make sure that that's secure. That's in, that should be a priority. And a lot of times, because we're not talking about it, because we're not sharing it. And you know what? The system is set up that way. This is for, for black and brown families, right? The system is set up so that we don't learn about these things to continue to keep us in poverty. And yeah. so I, I'm a disruptor at heart. And I am constantly sharing that because it's like, no, you gotta, you gotta beat the system by doing what the system is doing. Right. So, yeah. And then understanding it. So you could just be like, oh, it's, it's not me. It's not them. It's just what I know to be true, which is like, I have this opportunity, whether people want to give it to me or not, it's still Mm -hmm. mine for me to take and partake in. So it's part of that. I like the mindset shift that I just, that you said that it's not an extra bill, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's another thing that sometimes families right now, they're tight. They're just like, what, where am I going to get this money to, to pay for this bill? Right. And so I think just being aware and open to the possibility allows you to start planning for that. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're going into new year and you're planning right now. You're thinking about what you're going to do for next year. And maybe this is one of those growth goals that you could have, excuse me, sorry. One of those growth goals that you could have that gives you a sense of security that you probably didn't even know you needed. Right. But stress comes from the unknown, right? Mm -hmm. Like this unknown story we create over and over in our head. And if you can just give it this peace of mind, literally, right, your shift and your stress starts to look differently. Yeah. Um, so I like the mindset shift that you did there. Where it's like it's not a bill; it's an investment. It is absolutely, and also to understand that you know this is an opportunity to change like generational curses, right? The gener- we can provide generational wealth through securing these insurances or through these investments because both right. can grow. You know? Yeah. 
I mean, generational wealth, and I think I love how it's become a topic for our community, right? And also with that though comes the responsibility of being like, Mm -hmm. okay, what does that mean? What does Mm -hmm. it mean to me? How am I going to take action? Because you could know about something, um, but if you don't take action into it, you're still staying stuck where you are. And that's over time, that feeling of being stuck gets worse and worse and worse, right? You're like, oh, I should have done it then. I should have done it there. And so it's releasing that and just making the decision. So Mm -hmm. I I like that. Um, So tell me a little bit about, you know, for those who are ready to take this on. And then they're also like, you know what I want, I do want to do more. And I want to have the understanding of how I get to set myself up if I want to leave my nine to five and I want to start a job, I mean, a business, sorry. Um, how do I, how do you walk them through that process? Because you've been doing that. Like you said, you modeled for people, you're a mirror for them of what you've been able to do. So when they do start their businesses, they're financially stable, independent, and now have this flexibility, right? Mm-hmm. I think starting a business from a place of security and flexibility is so much better mm-hmm. than this like hustle, um, scarcity mindset. Right. So tell me about that process with the women that you work. No, absolutely. And, but one thing I do want to kind of take back on that, because, um, I don't always encourage, look, like take the leap of faith, quit your job and start a business. I don't, I, I actually never really encourage that part. I I do encourage, (laughs) I know you did you know, it's no, but it's, I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm talking to the women who you've already made a decision internally. Mm-hmm. I also don't believe, right. I don't believe in the narrative that you got to burn down everything right, to start something new. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so even when I work with women who are starting their businesses and they have their nine to fives, I'm like, maybe your that nine to five is for you mm-hmm. and you just needed to supplement it with something whether it's right. for your own personal being of passion right being able to do something that you love outside of work or um you're like actually i just want an extra fifteen thousand dollars right? right and that's great because then that's your side hustle and it's bringing in that additional amount of money right. um versus being like i hate everyone at work quitting and then being like well now it I got to go make six figures and that's not going to happen within the exactly. first year, you know, right. and it's very hard mm-hmm. uh, when people wrap their brain around that. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I don't, I don't strive, strive to that either. Um, and then I do believe that some people really get to create fulfilling, amazing careers, working for incredible companies yeah. and organizations, like all of these things get to be true. Yeah. Um, so let me reword it so you, we're, we're clear because you're right. We never yeah. want to make anybody feel like, wait, am I supposed to start a business? But for those who have decided, mm-hmm. the journey of becoming financially independent so that it can give you the flexibility and security of starting a business, what does that look like when when you're working with women? So when they're actually ready, um, the goal, the, the initial goal I always say is make sure that in this side gig that you're already doing, if you're ready to take the leap of faith, that you've already done the work for some time so that you can understand that this requires discipline. The second thing that I really think it's important is, are you making the same amount of money that you're work that you're receiving at your job? If you are not, or at least the amount of money that you need comfortably to pay the bills, like at least if my bills are covered, right? Right. That's the time that it's okay 
to, and you're doing that on a consistent basis, not just one month and think that you're going to quit, right? That you're right. making this on the several, at least, at least six months to a year that you've been making the same amount of money, or at least the amount of money that you've been making to pay the bills. That's when you could take that leap of faith, quit the job and start the business. Because like I mentioned, and I'm sure you know that the entrepreneurship, it is not for the week. A lot of people think that they're going to be making six figures in one month and it's not as easy. And I always encourage people like, do you really want to become an entrepreneur? Right. I help women develop the leadership skills. I am not sitting here telling everybody to go become a boss. Right. Being a boss is not for everyone. Right. Right. And being a boss is because you have employees under you. Right. It's not just, oh, I'm an, you know, solopreneur. And it's okay to be a solopreneur, but it requires a lot of work. So maybe when you're working in the, in the job, you can be an entrepreneur. You're providing insights. Like you are leading the company in a different capacity. So maybe it's just a matter of being able to develop those skills, right. That you need in order to enhance. But for the business portion, I think those are like pivotal, crucial, like whatever term that you want to use, make sure that you're making the right amount of money in the beginning and at least be working at this six months to a year and so that you know that you're disciplined because it requires yeah. a lot right yeah so. and I think it's it's one the discipline and then right. two do you even like it right you might be like oh my gosh I don't like this right also like I think since I mean you probably deal with this a lot and you coach around this let's talk about the income part whatever you're making at your job, you're going to have to make an additional 30 to 40% because taxes look different when you're in business, right? So you don't pay yourself. Ideally, you don't make 2000 and pay yourself 2000, right? right? Because then you're going to, you're, it's not going to go well at the end for taxes. Um, But what I will say is that understanding that process, and it's a, I think what I always tell my clients is, there's a skill set that needs to be learned there and you don't have to feel bad about not knowing it, right? right? But go through that journey, like you said, of understanding, is this something you really want? Mm -hmm. And there is no shame or guilt you should have if you're like, actually, I kind of like this. And the skills you learn, like you said, those entrepreneur skills, they're so beneficial when you work for someone. I always say like gathering and really owning your entrepreneur skill set and mm-hmm. mindset is so beneficial when you work at an organization or a company Absolutely. and and you show up differently and they oh, notice. For sure. Oh, for sure. And I think that when you have interest, right, you level up within the job. When you show interest, when you become, you take initiative on certain tasks, you're constantly learning. For me, I'm a, I'm a student at heart. So even in this conversation, I am learning, right? I'm learning strategies from my own clients sometimes because it's like, oh, I never really thought about that. That's something I definitely need to implement in my business because this is what people are looking for. So I have to be a constant learner. So personal development is key. Being able to take whatever certification, you know, there's money in professional development in different types of businesses. So all these corporations want to invest in you. You just have to find the right you know, uh, presentation or mm-hmm. certification or workshop, take it, take it because these are things that you're going to take with you to your business. And yeah. a lot of times it's like, you know, let me let, even though I hate the job, right. I might hate it. Let me learn from yeah. the higher ups because they could potentially work as mentors for me. Yeah. And you never know, you might be able to use them as a resources. I've, I've been able to 
leave jobs that I completely hated. I, I didn't like the culture of it, but now they love working with me. I am a resource to them just as they are to me. Right. Right. And I'm speaking specifically with clinicians. Right. I didn't like the clinical aspect because it, it was like a lot of like PTSD. And I, I don't I don't work direct service in mental health, but they definitely serve as a resource for me, because a lot of clients may have mental health issues. And look, we can work together, work on this portion, and I'll do the accountability piece when it comes to the business. So I mean, there is no wrong way. I mean, unless you're obviously leaving, you know, on bad terms for the job, unfortunately, but I think it's a great tool to use as a learning experience for you to bring to your business. Yeah. And I think um, you're so right when I worked. So I worked for the city of New York for like eight years, and Mm -hmm. I took every leadership and management program they offered. I was nominated for for some management academies. I was like, good. Mm -hmm. Um, They paid for um, some emotional intelligence classes that I took, which are all very helpful, not just to my business, but to me, right. In the way that I'm able to show up for leading my family, um, leading our family business, showing up for my clients, really understanding things at a broader perspective. So you can't go wrong. So in, in investing time, because when they're paying for it, it's your time, but you Mm -hmm. have to show up with this eagerness. Um, I love this conversation because growth and personal development is always a key factor in everything that we do. So you're a person who's invested time and money into your growth, whether it's your business or yourself. Um, what, what would you say to someone who's like looking to just embark on a journey of growth? Like what have been some of the things that you feel have been really helpful just by making one decision, whether it's to get a coach or read a book or get a certification, like Mm -hmm. what has that meant for you? That has been an ultimate shift personal. I love, I mean, I absolutely, I cannot say love enough. Like the way I love my kids. I love personal development. I told you I'm a geek. I love learning. I'm a student always, but reading books, um, listening to podcasts, sorry, uh, listening to podcasts, uh, being able to engage in networking events, um, actually, uh, being able to go to these, um, summits and network, like the dream lab has one, right. Um, yeah. I, I do one myself. I have a women in leadership event, but being in spaces where I can learn from others, um, and people who are smarter than me. Right. But I think yeah. book has really changed in in the background you can't see it now you probably saw it earlier but because I blurred it but I have a whole bookcase I mean I have boxes of books and anything that has to do with leadership all type of um, self-help and of Mm -hmm. course the topic that really interests you because I mean I've read things on project management that really um, has helped me in a particular area, right? Um, you know, when I needed to manage a project, that really helped me. And it beats having to go back to school. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong, I did. I ended up going back to school. Uh, I, I said the only way I would is if somebody else paid for it, and they did. But I'm not, I, I, reading is so, literally fundamental. It's not cliche. It's not just a quote yeah. that people say. It really is fundamental. And being able to just tap into those resources you can earn a master's degree by reading a book a month yeah. versus having to attend a university for 10 years minus the student debt. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so interesting that you said that because I had someone tell me, they just said it as a comment. We we're having a conversation and they said, 
I just haven't met anyone who's gone through what I've gone through and I wish I had so I could just like be in their heads and I'm like I'm pretty sure there's a book Mm -hmm. I'm sure someone wrote a book about what you're going through specifically because they're talking about business and their challenges and I'm like there's biographies I mean there's how-to books I think anything that you have questions around there's a book absolutely Absolutely. multiple books probably so um what has been like I don't know. This might be hard, but give me your top two fundamental like books that shift things for you. Oh, okay. No, it's not hard at all. Oh, good. The Power of Consistency. Now the the, the author might be hard, but The Power of Consistency, um, Slide Edge. um, uh, Actually, uh, one of of the greatest books that I, I absolutely love, and she underestimates this book a little bit, but I love her, Rachel Luna. Um, Oh, we interviewed her today. Oh, she is. No, you didn't. She is so dope. I'm so happy. We interviewed her today. She has. Okay. So she has a book before that, right? Oh, right. Successful people are full of crap. And actually that was the, one of the first books that I read from cover to cover because I hate it. I couldn't even read a magazine paragraph, right? Like I just, it's too much. I just want to see pictures. I'm impulsive. I have all this ADHD, right? But I, I couldn't. And that was one of the books that I was like, oh, Okay. And then knowing her too really yeah. like empowered me to continue my personal development journey. So, oh my God, how ironic. Anyway, um, yeah. so yeah, those are my t- top three, the power consistency, the slide edge, which is also about motivation and maintaining that consistency. Um, successful people are full of crap, uh, which is Rachel Luna. And I think crap stands for courage, resilience, authenticity, and perseverance. So that's yeah, awesome. really dope. Yeah. And she has um, <laughs> Yeah. And she has her new book, which is, uh, we were on with her earlier this morning and, um, the slight edge is actually on my list is for it really? January. I, yeah. Oh, good. It's I so haven't good. read it, but it, it's been on my list all year, believe it or not. And I'm like, no, you know what I, what I did is the books that I wanted to read this year that I didn't get to, I said, instead of creating a new list, I'm just going to put them to the top and I'm not going to start a new one until I finish these. Uh, and I have about like five of them that I need to finish. Um, yeah that like you are like I'm always a student and I always want to learn and I feel that the times where I'm not pouring into myself in that way uh usually is triggering something right it just means that I'm either tired or I'm not like connecting with myself so books really help me stay you know people are like oh how do you like how do you keep going and stuff I'm like you have to surround your environment with people and things that can model what's possible for you right so like we're always looking for people that's why people network and and you go to events yeah our our conference is on March 23rd so that's good and very important and then there's things right like the books and what you listen to I want to say um I can't remember specifically the year but it might have been around 2020 I just stopped watching the news yeah (laughs) stop watching the news draining it was draining me it was creating just a lot of thoughts and and negativity things that just weren't helpful to me right Right. I mean I I stay aware and informed of course very specific sources on my time Mm -hmm. I go and I look for it obviously I don't want to not know what's going on in the world but I don't and then I would say at the beginning of this year I did a big sweep because like you know, like you said, you use the word advocate. I'm a big advocate. I love 
helping people. I like making sure that I'm providing support and resources. Right. And then you start to follow people. And, and before you know it, you have like a lot of people doing really important work. Mm-hmm. But somehow you end up in this rabbit hole of like, wait, how did this end up on my feed? Yeah. And it's not what I want to be seeing or doing. Right. So what you listen to, what you see, and what you put your energy into all really Absolutely. dictate like how you show up. So it's kind of like a um an environmental filter, right? Yeah. You you don't want like it's like you, you do it with your kids, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you don't want them watching adult content, right? You right. filter their things that they can watch. Yeah. The same that's for you. You right? want to know something silly? Um, not silly. I even stopped watching scary movies because I realized I don't even like them. Yeah. Oh, you're so funny. My husband. Like, <laughs> right. Like some people generally enjoyed them. Um, but one day I was watching, I'm like, I'm only watching it because everyone is either watching it or being like, oh, like it's not that scary. But when I watch it, right? Not only obviously you get the li- some people get that like little anxiety like scare feeling right for me the images stay in my head for years to come I'll be at a red light and like that one image will pop into my head and that's how I know it's not for me (laughs) that is and that's a great concept because um it could be triggering for some people right yeah um and it may not be for everybody right right for me one thing was trying to put a limit on my social media Mm-hmm. Um, I am addicted to social media. I can't even lie. I mean, I feel yeah. like I do everything. I connect with my friends. I connect with my family. I do business on it. I provide content. I'm learning. I mean, TikTok is like, you know, the new YouTube or whatever. Um, so there's opportunities, but at the same time, you have to like filter it, make sure that it's not taking up the time too much time. Like, is this for right. entertainment or is this being useful? Like, are you strategically utilizing it? Are you being intentional with it? And um, the same way we have to do with our environment, you know, if you, if you want to make your relationship work, then you focus on things that are going to make your relationship work, right? You don't go do things that are outside of that. So it's really like a, an environmental filter that we can use. Yeah. I love that. I love that term. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending for this it. time with me. Um, yeah. let our audience know how they can connect with you. We definitely want to make sure that they understand and can follow you if they're ready to, you know, start that journey of becoming financially independent and the process and the support they're going to need through that. So just let our audience know how they can get in touch with you, you know, how they can have conversations with you and really just overall keep learning from you. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. So they can follow me on social media at, at Nessie Rodriguez, um, Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn as well. Uh, and then also our through our business page, Executive Leadership, and it's Leadership, L-E-A-D-H-E-R-S-H-I-P dot biz. Or they could reach me uh, through the website, which is www.leadership.biz. Awesome. When is your summit? It, the week after yours, March 30th. <laughs> well, then now you guys have two events to go to. Yes. Um, honestly, I think that every room that always has something to offer the investment and the ROI on that is always worth it. Absolutely. You really just never know who you're going to meet in these rooms. So make sure you check out um, her event and we can't wait to see you at our event and, yes, you know, stay connected with Thank Nessie so, so that you guys can learn a lot from her. Yeah. Have a beautiful day, everybody. Thank you. Good night.